The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? How are you now? How are the Montreal Canadiens now? I mean, my God, that was actually a good game. Your Montreal Canadiens win over the Calgary Flames at home by a score of 4-2. to two. Uh, Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and uh, I'm a little bit sick today. Uh, a little bit sick. I don't think it's COVID. <clears throat> Probably going to have to get tested in the next couple of days to find out for sure, but I'm dedicated, all right? I'm dedicated to this podcast. I'm dedicated to the Montreal Canadiens as bad as they've been this season, and I got to get this one out because it was actually a great game. Um, Surprising. Honestly, the Flames are a pretty good team so far this season. Uh, I was expecting it to go badly, and it started off pretty badly. Let's, Let's face it. Uh, less than two minutes into the game, I think it was actually exactly two minutes into the game, uh, Michael Backlund gets a tip on a point shot through, and it's one nothing. and immediately, you're like, oh my god, here we go again, uh, they're gonna get killed, uh, but they get back in it, uh, beauty of a play later on in the period from, uh, Mike Hoffman down to Nick Suzuki, over to Tyler Toffoli, he hits the post, but it kicks up in the air, way up high in the air. Nobody knows where it is except for Ben Sherratt, who comes in down from the point, uh, cleans it up, puts it in, and ties the game up 1-1. But, of course, it's the Montreal Canadiens. So tying the game up, uh, you know there's going to be something negative happening relatively soon after that. And sure as God's got sandals, uh, Andrew Mangiapane gets a pass on the right-hand side of the ice. I have no idea how he managed to take that pass from his skates up to his stick. Uh, but he does, and then he gets a backhander up and over Jake Allen and makes it 2-1 to one for the Calgary Flames. And of course, end of the first period, we're feeling like, all right, this is, uh, is going to be another one of those games, right? Another one of those games where the Habs are going to get killed. Uh, but no, they, uh, they claw their way back into this thing. Uh, you know, when you say clawing their way back into this thing, because usually going down 2-1 to one is a kiss of death for them, but not on this day. Uh, middle of the second period, Michael Pizzetta draws a penalty, um, and Chris Weidman gets a point shot. Brennan Gallagher cleans up in front of the net, makes it 2-2. Two to two. There is a huge scrum after that goal. Eric Goodbranson, right after Gallagher scores, cross-checks him in the neck, uh, and then Chris Weidman and, uh, and Tanev end up fighting each other, and somehow, out of all of that, they only called two roughing penalties. And the roughing penalties they called were against Tyler Toffoli and Eric Goodbranson. Uh, they didn't call anything against Tanev, and they didn't call anything against Weidman for fighting. They didn't call Goodbranson for his cross-check to the net and uh, to the neck of Gallagher. And honestly, in the on the replay, it looked like Gallagher even tried to kick Goodbranson in the leg after getting cross-checked in the neck, and they didn't call that either. So these officials were absolutely brutal. Brutal. Later on in that same period, um, Michael Pizzetta gets into another scrum, 
right? And there's four flames that are roughing him up a little bit, and the only person they pull out of the scrum for a penalty is Michael Pizzetta. I mean, this was the the NHL has pretty bad officiating overall, but this particular game was one of the worst I've ever seen. Uh, It was terrible. Uh, Jake Allen got ran at the end of the second period, and they didn't call that. And then Nick Suzuki got cross-checked in the back directly into the boards. Uh, You know, take your pick, cross-checking, boarding, whatever you want. They didn't call that either. Um, It was was brutal, especially in the second period. Uh, Some of the worst officiating I've ever seen. But... Anyways, we all got through it. Nobody got hurt as far as we know at this point. So uh, I guess no harm, no foul other than to uh, the pride of Gary Bettman who thinks that this is the the league with the best officials in professional sports. But I digress. Back to the game, right? The third period ends up being a penalty festival, which presumably was the officials trying to make up for everything they missed in the second period. Right, so uh, Habs take a penalty, Flames take a penalty, uh, not offsetting, they were at different times, so it's four on four, uh, but then they called a, a brutal call against uh, Mangiapane that he didn't really deserve, it was a bit of a dive uh, by Ben Sherratt, but they called it, uh, so they give him a four on three, uh, the four on three is very short, but um, they don't score, uh, keeps going back to f- uh, four on four. And then eventually a 5-on-4 short power play for the Montreal Canadiens. And that's where uh, the team's hero, Nick Suzuki, comes in. Right, So Suzuki gets it on the right-hand side. He's cutting and uh, basically fakes like he's going to go around behind the net and do a wraparound. And as soon as Jacob Markstrom moves his foot to go and push off and try to get to the other side, Suzuki just kind of hooks it back up and banks it off of his leg and puts it in. 100% intentional, and you're not going to see that on many highlight reels because it's kind of a mistake by Markstrom, Uh, but a brilliant move by Suzuki. He really sold the fact that he was going to go around, and as soon as he saw that movement and he saw that the foot was no longer up against the post that's where he went okay bank city right off your leg and into the net and of course makes it three to two for the montreal Canadiens. and they didn't look back they took the game jake evans got the empty netter um another missed call by the officials however because right before jake evans put it into the net uh he did he was very guilty of tripping and uh somehow they didn't call that and he was able to shoot it into the empty net and uh but there was only five seconds left so even if they did call it uh, I don't think it would have changed the result. Maybe the score overall would have finished 3-2 instead of 4-2. But uh, the Montreal Canadiens win, and they deserved to win. Um, this was one of the best games that they've played all season. Uh, it was far from perfect, uh, for sure. The Flames were getting a little bit too many opportunities, and the Montreal Canadiens were missing the net on a lot of their opportunities. But overall, one of the best games they've played. So before I, I get into like uh, player of the game and stuff like that, I do want to uh, quickly talk a little bit more about the officiating. Anybody who uh, you know has seen my work on EOTP or uh, has been following this podcast, you know I like to complain about officials, and they were so fucking bad in this particular game. So fucking bad. Um, let's just go first thing with the good Branson cross check to the neck, right in front of the net, right after Gallagher scored. There's no way you miss that right? You had to have seen it. Gallagher literally just scored. He's at the side of the net and cross checks around the net have been getting called this year more than they ever have. And now all of a sudden, you know, you're going to let that one go. And then right after that, you let a fight go. Like they literally had the gloves off and they were throwing punches and the linesman had to separate them and they didn't call it. Like Tanev went into the box expecting to be in there for a five minute and the ref pointed at him and said, you get out. 
And like even the announcers on RDS thought he was getting kicked out of the game altogether. And I'm like, you know, I, I thought it was either him or Good Branson getting kicked out of the game. But no, they just called two roughing penalties. So some absurd officiating. And I, I would expect there's maybe a couple of fines that are going to get handed out. Uh, I think Good Branson should get fined for that cross check. And I honestly think Brennan Gallagher might be expecting a fine as well because it looked like he tried to kick him. Uh, you can't do that. That's definitely very illegal. So uh, I, I would I would be surprised if he doesn't at least get uh, a fine for that and if Good Branson doesn't at least get a fine for his part. And I would also be surprised if the officials don't get a talking to from you know the heads of the league and saying, uh, why did you guys not call fighting majors for an actual fight that happened right in front of your faces? I don't know. But um, at any rate, uh, player of the game. Who am I going to give player of the game to? Uh, tempting to give it to Ben Sherratt, tempting to give it to Brendan Gallagher, tempting to give it to Nick Suzuki. But I'm giving it to Ryan Paling. All right. Now, maybe that's an odd choice to some people listening, but take a look at what that fourth line did. All right. Ryan Paling gets called up and he gets saddled with uh, Alex Belzil and he gets saddled with Michael Pizzetta. So he has basically worse wingers than he would have had in the AHL because in the AHL he's been playing with uh with Cole Caulfield and he's been playing with uh Lucas Vademo I believe if I'm not mistaken uh one of my rocket colleagues is probably going to get mad at me if I'm wrong about that but whatever point is he gets better wingers in the AHL right he comes up to the NHL he's got to settle down a fourth line that's been pretty much getting taken to the cleaners every game and you know what he does a fantastic job he had two shots on goal. Uh, their heads were well above water all game possession-wise. Uh, they did great. And uh, I think it's worth keeping him around and seeing what he can do in that role for the rest of the year. You know, even if this year is a write-off, you want to see, you know, at least some signs of encouragement. And he's a young player that, you know, uh, had a, a lot of promise and still technically does have a lot of promise, right? I mean, obviously, maybe not going to live up to that three-goal game that he had his first time out with the Montreal Canadiens, but looking like he can definitely be a contributor for this team moving forward. So I say we keep him around and we find out what he can do. I'd much rather see him for the rest of the year than see Cédric Paquette go out there uh, and do what he's been doing because it hasn't been much other than taking dumb penalties. Um, not to speak ill of somebody who's out with an injury, but the, the, the them's the breaks, man. He's not been good, and paling in one game was great. I want to see more of that. Um, but on that note, you know, honorable mention to Nick Suzuki again. He was fantastic offensively. Um, he's he looks like he's going to be living up to every single penny of that contract extension. Um, quietly putting himself on like a seventy-point pace for this season on a team that's really struggling to score. So it's that much more impressive that he's able to to be on that pace right now. And of course, honorable mention as well to Brendan Gallagher and Ben Sherratt. Brendan Gallagher doing his usual Brendan Gallagher stuff, just being around the net, banging in those dirty goals. And Ben Sherratt, you know, banging in dirty goals of his own. I mean, what more could you ask? I mean, again, I think he's a guy who's probably going to be leaving Montreal before the trade deadline because his he's going to have really good trade value and he's on the last year of his deal anyways. But uh, pumping up that value is uh, definitely a good a good sign for the Montreal Canadiens. Overall, a lot of good signs in that game. I think the the key is seeing whether or not they're able to actually build on that for once and, and get consecutive wins. Uh, they do have Detroit coming up, who uh, they've had Detroit's number this year so far. So maybe this is finally where we see them for the first time get consecutive wins. Who knows? We'll find out on Saturday. Um, but, you know, overall, what a game. 
I mean, uh, there was def- definitely some hiccups, especially from the officials, and again, wasn't perfect for the Montreal Canadiens. They gave up a lot of chances, um, but again, overall, pretty solid game from them. I look forward to seeing if they can somehow build off that uh, on Saturday night against Detroit. Last thing I want to do here is I, I have an apology to make. David Savard, mon cher David, t'as bien joué à soir, man. T'as bien joué, je vais te laisser seul. He played probably his best game in a Montreal Canadiens uniform. I was impressed. I hope he can continue doing that. Even if this season is a write-off for the Montreal Canadiens, which it probably is, um, you know, he's on a multi-year deal. They, they need him to be better than he has been. Um, and I hope that's step number one for him. Um, we'll find out on Saturday. I'm going to cut the podcast off there because I'm sick and I need to go to bed. Uh, we are running uh, close to, well, over 12 minutes. So, grosse soirée pour les employés de soutien. Uh, we are on Spotify, uh, Google Play, uh, Apple. We're on Megaphone. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. And as always, rain or shine, in sickness or in health, à la prochaine.